You are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin McManus. It's good to be here today. It is good to be here today. We um, are doing this podcast the day after our last filming at Hillsong Channel. Yeah, we just finished our the show season, we've been doing. The season two? Season two. But it kind of felt like just one long s- season from season one to season two because we kind of started season one and then hit COVID, took a little break, and then went straight into just doing them at our house, mm-hmm. which ended up being bad already. But that, that's why for me it feels like three seasons because the season yes. during extreme COVID quarantine it was completely different. We were shooting all the shows mm-hmm. at our house and doing it very differently and having a Zoom kind of community and very yeah. different than being on the set. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Finish season two with being, or I guess all of season two was on set. And so I just kind of feel like it's kind of going together. But the show's called McManus. It's on Hillsong Channel. It's on Video On Demand. It's on their website, all that stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's been fun doing it. And, uh, it's been fun doing it. Yeah. And I guess it's been getting good feedback. So that's kind of cool too. It's always exciting. And well, my understanding is that our, um, our show is doing well. Doing really, really well. Yeah. It, might, it might be better than number two. I don't know. Hey, Who knows? <laughs> um, here we go. So we so we just came off of filming that, and we do a few episodes at a time, which is kind of cool, and we get to bring in some young friends and have a conversation. So um, we shoot pretty much all day, and mm-hmm. then we both drive to our own homes. and Which is and an sleep. hour and a half away from <laughs> Where the we studio in Orange County. And we <laughs> sleep. And so... I, I'm tired. Are you tired? I am tired. I went. I went to bed uh, extremely early. Didn't go to sleep early, but I was hoping to. Yeah, and then, um, and then you, what? and then we filmed a message of, from you this morning, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So in and, the last what five days, I've shot Easter and Good Friday and Palm Sunday, yeah. and then three Hillsong uh, McManus shows. Yeah, you must be tired. And then Battle Ready. And then did a few other things that were work-related. Yeah, did a few other things. And, and so, we're finishing the editing of my book. And I want to give a shout-out to Brooke Figueroa for helping me uh, refine all the hey. um, the last pieces of my book that um, need to be cleaned up. That's exciting. So <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I find after shooting a long day mm-hmm. is that I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> well, like, then you should like not a be doing a, days. a podcast. Or no, I realize there's a lot of talking. So involved. This is this is kind of like the afterburn, like you know. So you're gonna be unfiltered. I think so. <laughs> I we, think so. We got him raw, unfiltered, vulnerable, ready, <laughs> ready to just go deep. Okay, I'm ready, ready for the deep. DMs and <laughs> no, no, no. But it was last episode we had Joe Smith, and that was really special. I that thought. was I loved it so much. It was really nice. Yeah. And then this this episode is just me and you, which I think yep. is nice too. Well, I have two questions that come to mind. Mm-hmm. One is uh, coming today. I don't know if it's accurate or not because mm-hmm. sometimes I hear from hopeful people and sometimes Uh-oh. I hear from hopeless people. But uh, this morning I heard uh, hopeful all the restaurants are going to open up indoor in LA next week. No way. Well, there may be no way. <laughs> I don't know if it's really not. Is he not. just trying to get us get I, us I have not cannot deny back. or confirm. I have not uh, I've heard that too. I've heard you? movie theaters, uh, oh. gyms, restaurants like 25% capacity. No. 25% but but opening. Yeah, indoors, yep. But opening. All right, so the two questions that come to my mind is like I'm like, well that's ra- rather abrupt all of a sudden. That must be massive political uh, pressure. And by the way, that 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 decision. Let's just 
you know, we've had this conversation. That decision has nothing to do with science. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Just acknowledge it. It has nothing to do with science. Their version of science, maybe. They're citing the vaccinations as the reason why now with the same level of COVID cases that were in the last like low period that with vaccinations now it's safe to no, go indoors. Yesterday, the representative from the CDC said that even with vaccinations, it is not safe to travel. Mm-hmm. And I think CNN is even getting burned out because they had their own expert come and say, of course it's safe to travel. Even if you don't have the vaccination, it's safe to travel. Airplanes are one of the safest places you can be. And so I thought, wow, CNN, who is always lined up completely with, quote, the science of of the CDC. Hey, I've traveled traveled quite a bit during this quarantine, and I still have – I'm good. So I I think it's pretty safe. It is pretty safe. But now suddenly – um, they're they're questioning the science. I am so grateful that the media is now now feel free to question the science. But anyway, back to my uh, off my rant. Back to the podcast. Back to LA. So back they're to opening LA. up restaurants. I have two in LA. questions. One is, what do you want back? Like, what are things that what? maybe you we're talking? We're not even there yet. <laughs> so they're opening restaurants back in LA. Yes. Do you think? Do you think once they open up restaurants, that it'll kind of just snowball? Because they haven't, they haven't even talked about. I mean, they've been talking about opening back schools, but that's a whole controversial thing. Yes, because there are unions involved. It's not about science; it's about unions. Interesting. And but here's the question. All right, let, let's just take this all at face value. Restaurants can now open at twenty five percent. Okay. What force, like police force, U.S. military, CIA? What force is going to reinforce that law? What what force is going to? Is it the food and it's? I think health it's, administration. I think it's food and health and, and Department of Water and Power. And do they have enough personnel to go to all the restaurants to make sure they're at twenty five percent? What they do is they they bully the big ones, the the well known ones, and then they threaten them. And so like 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 what was going on before was that they were basically saying we'll cut off your water and power and your gas with the, through the city, anything that the city can control will shut you down, and that's how we'll do it. And then we'll go after your permits. So in other words, it's like they always um, find corruption at USC <laughs> in their football program, not because there isn't corruption in all these other teams, but they have to pick an example. And yeah, yeah, and and, and UNC. You, uh, you, know, you say USC or UNC? I picked Southern Cal because I didn't want to. Oh. I don't want. I didn't want to bring it so close to home. North Carolina too. You guys, some shady people back in this football program. You cannot tell me. I'm sorry. You cannot tell me University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill is more more corrupt in their than, athletic than Alabama, than Alabama, or Ohio State <laughs> or Florida. But there are certain schools that are never going to be investigated. No, never. <laughs> so never. my little alma mater. So and uh, Brooke, are you with me? We get picked on because they use us as an example, just like SMU getting. Uh, wiped out in their football program, but Penn State getting their football program in a couple of years uh, after a more horrific violation. They're just jealous of us, Pastor Irwin. These things are just not fair. Just to be realistic. I think they're... What? These these things are not fair. They, uh, you know, large institutions choose who they're going to make an example of. And this is a whole different subject, but this one's important. Yeah. <laughs> Leave my Tar Heels alone. I can't wait to go back to movies. I can't wait. Honestly, I'll go see anything. I saw a trailer for like, a, like a, I saw a trailer for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I have no interest in Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. I would, I would go see. What number of Frozen are we on right now? I go see Frozen <laughs> Seven. 
I don't care. I would if I could get a, a refrozen. What refrozen? <laughs> get popcorn and hang out. But if I have to go in and watch and watch it with my mask on, I'm GGS. I'm gonna stay at home. Oh come on, really? No, absolutely not. No, you can't control me. I could not sit in the theater to watch a movie for two and a half hours with my mask on. Nah, I can. I just love movies. You're a desperate man. Yes. I drove all the way to San Diego to see Tenet last July. Yeah, but do they make us leave our masks on no. in that theater? Do they make you? Uh, in my theater, yeah. You had to wear a mask, but you could buy food, so you take it off. To oh, eat. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just right. bought the jumbo size of popcorn yep. and just kept in a yeah, giant, just in slow-mo giant. the whole so, time, yeah. three hours <laughs> in Tenet. Yeah, that's right. You, you, you could take your, your mask off if you're eating. And this is going to be the new strategy for national obesity. <laughs> well, now they're, I think, in the first reopening, they're not, well, I know in New York, at least they're not allowing movie theaters to sell concessions because they don't want people to take their masks off to eat. Oh. Yeah. Uh, nope. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, I'm, good. Sad. I'm waiting on popcorn. Yeah. I'm waiting on raisin strategy. nuts. Yeah, but when we saw one, <laughs> we, saw, we went down to Orange County and watched one. And, and we were allowed to have popcorn and We ordered food. Yeah, it was so great. Yeah, it was great. Well, I'm so grateful. This is one of those rare moments I say I'm so grateful for Orange County. Yeah. And uh, that I can drive to Radio Free America and experience life as it as it once was or should be. We were sh- we were shooting the show <laughs> yesterday and I ran into to one of my one of a friend I hadn't seen in a while. And and he was working on a show as well. And I'm like, "Where have you been living like during where have you been like hiding out during all this because I haven't seen you at the studios." And he was like, "Ah, I moved to Texas. With, he moved to Texas with his <laughs> wife, and he's like closer to her family. But also, you just make so much more money. <laughs> and he's like walks back. He's like, no, it's just more. You just don't aren't having to pay all the taxes that you have to pay in California. He's like, it's just a better benefit for us. It's like amazing. There are so many people moving to Texas, mm-hmm. moving to Austin, moving to Dallas, Houston. Yeah. Do you think? How long do you think they'll last? Not they'll, my they'll friend. Last not there. my friend. But how long do you think a lot of this this like this flight to Texas will last. Well, what Texans are concerned about is that yeah. all these Californians are moving there, and then bringing, bec- and then they're going to vote for California for California political um, similarities. Similar- like, yeah, they're going to turn Texas into California when they left California for being California. Yeah, and went to Texas for being Texas, and now they're going to turn Texas to California. So Austin, but Texas are if, not. If Texans you're listening are... right now, Austin, you you need to bring the best of both worlds because. California brings a lot of beautiful things to Austin, but you don't want to lose why all the Californians have moved to Austin. You got to love the part of Texas that makes it Texas. For sure. But Austin is California. It's California and Texas. <laughs> it is so liberal. It's like, the, And it's so odd that it's the, the capital because it's the most liberal part of Texas. And yet it houses the capital. It has UT as the home of like the tech and all of the music and the film kind of in Texas. It's a great it's, city. It is a great city. So it, it is like odd, right? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it will be interesting to see kind of what happens mm-hmm. in all of it. But it's not dissimilar to when people would come to Mosaic as a church from another church, and they would come telling us everything they did, they did not like about the other church, and then they would try to make Mosaic like the church they left. And I would say, wait a minute, you left that church because it's the way it is, and now you're trying to make us the way that church was, which means then you would hate our church because we would no longer be the church that you came to, and you would leave our church to go find another one. So maybe the problem is you. You keep trying to turn everything into something you don't like. <laughs> what you left, and uh, it is odd, isn't it? It is, mm. and so you know it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do think that there's a massive exodus out of California. Mm-hmm. And some of it is um, 
by choice and some of it is, in a sense, um, by circumstance. People just can't get jobs. Everything's been closed. Um, yeah. The, the industry has been shut down for a while. It, it's hard enough to live in L.A. when you have a job. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. You can't buy a house here for most people, and it's just incredibly overpriced. And and then you're not paid in uh, commensurate or to scale based on the cost of living here. And so it's hard to live here. And then when everything shuts down, it makes it more difficult. I, di- I did hear the movie industry is opening back up. The TV industry is opening back up a bit, and yeah. they're going to hire yeah. an immense number of so, people. Didn't they say – there's an article that said 300,000. Yeah, I, I, that was several hundred thousand, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's it's really amazing. Yeah. And I think – yeah. But a lot of the movie industry has moved. They're moving to Atlanta, moving yeah, to, to – New Orleans. New Orleans, to Toronto, to Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I mean, even to Detroit for a, a large season. They were moving, yeah. uh, there was a, a huge exodus. And so the question is going to be, is the future of even the entertainment industry um, going to be more um, diffused or is it more centralized in L.A.? Mm-hmm. They did the Golden Globes in New York and in LA, right? They like co-hosted it. Yeah, it was like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were split screened and try to act like they were in the same room. It's kind of cool. It wasn't one of the worst ratings of any Golden Globe. Yeah, in history. no one watched it. Oh, yeah. Just and like it, no one watched any of the movies. Well, I mean, that's the problem: is that it's hard to build yeah. a lot of uh, momentum around an awards show when no one's even watching the movies that mm-hmm. are getting the awards. Yeah, so many were streamed or like exclusive access or on one of the many streaming services. So it's just, I think people are tired. Like it was easier to go to a theater than it is to figure out where on what app you have to watch this one indie film. Yeah, it was down sixty percent from last year. Down sixty percent. Wow, that's yikes! Mm-hmm. That's brutal. And I am a person. I mean, I love the entertainment. I do too. Industry. I love film and television. I I want I want theaters to survive, uh, and I want you to know that I I will be paying you whatever my sixteen dollars for the ticket. Yeah. So you are listening to this going sixteen dollars to go to the movies. You're like, that's a cheap ticket. That's a jump. Yeah. I'm thinking matinee, guys. <laughs> and, uh, I've never missed paying that much for a movie more. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most you can remember ever paying for a movie ticket? I like I think $25 for an IMAX yeah. film. Like uh, IMAX 3D. That's what I was I was thinking something like $22 is mm-hmm. something probably that I've, I've paid, you know. And that did you buy popcorn? Oh, of course. I mean, if, if $9? you're invest- Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're your soda for like mm-hmm. $8? Yeah. All right, so it's that's adding up. Did you get anything else? Uh, probably I, at that point I was tapped out. I was like, man, 40 bucks for a movie. <laughs> GG's. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's a lot. I, it is crazy when you go to other different, when you go to different parts of the country and realize like how inflated th- I have a friend who moved from Seattle to Indiana wow. and they're, they're buying a house for $160,000, two stories, three bedrooms, two bath, three baths or something. And I'm like, are you kidding? That's the down payment in, in Los Angeles for a house. Mm-hmm. Not a, And that's not even the whole down payment for a house in Los Angeles. It is pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I think people don't understand how disproportionate costs are across America. And, and that, because I, I was just seeing this list of all these uh, homes for, for movie stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and a, a $32 million house in Florida... And well, that's that's a pretty like large mansion. I was looking at the photographs, but then I saw some estate, some like celebrities in LA, and their house is like 
3.6 million in Hollywood Hills. I'm going, people don't realize they don't have much <laughs> for $3.6 million in Hollywood Hills. It's not like things are just so disproportionate. Yeah. Like a thir- it's just, it's just crazy. The scale. And the, and the ratio and, and just how different it is around the world to where it is in like major cities in America. But with that said, okay. you had a few questions <laughs> that you wanted to bring up. I did because of all this. And the two questions that came to my mind is, um, what do you want back? Like, what are some, maybe some things that we've lost during the quarantine at the pandemic that you'd love to get back? And, and then, um, and the other question came to my mind is, what are you not ready for? Because the moment I heard about everything opening up. I mean, I'm thinking even as a pastor, right? You yeah. know, here at Mosaic, I'm going, well, our campus in Rialto doesn't have a floor, so we're definitely not ready. If if there was a national we're not ready for that, yeah. You know, if President Biden said everybody can open up 100 percent with no masks next Sunday, um, time out, time out. We, we time would out. we would be in a little bit of of, <laughs> of a struggle. And, uh, we're kind of undergoing two renovations. And we're doing two massive kind of renovations. Yeah. And so I, I thought the question, what are you not ready for? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you not ready for summer because you gained the COVID-20 or whatever? Yeah. You know, I just kind of curious, like, what are you not ready for? So what do you want back? Mm-hmm. And what are you not ready for? And Aaron, what do you want back? What do I want back? I would... I don't know what I'd want back. I think for the longest time, I wanted... Um, I wanted... I was fine with church being online. I didn't mind it. But also, we do a lot of church. Like, we're, that's, that's like a seven day a week thing. And then when you get to a Sunday, it's like another 15 hour day. Right. Because when when you're uh, on the team, you're actually, your church experience is through the week. Right. It really isn't Sunday. It's, you have a team, you have a community, you have people you're doing life with and work with. And I was pretty like, okay, not ever working for a church ever again and like Mm -hmm. and I go back and forth on that one but I do love building I love being a part of church Mm -hmm. but then it hit me a couple of months ago like maybe a month and a half ago I was like ah I miss maybe around Christmas I just miss seeing people Mm -hmm. I miss seeing people I missed being around people I miss I miss the joy of of people seeing people and the energy that that creates Mm -hmm. you know Um, for me I don't necessarily like I miss going to the movies but I don't miss it bad enough to want to go back with masks on and like a vaccination card. And without popcorn. Without popcorn, without my dibs, <laughs> without, I don't know, what else do you get? Uh, but anyways, so, like, so. So what we're talking about, what do you, so you, what do you I want probably back? most, I, the thing I want back the most probably is just a, the freedom to travel probably mm-hmm. is the number one thing. Freedom to travel around the world. Mm-hmm. We've, we've missed, I mean. 20 or 30 different trips that we were supposed to take in the last year and a half. Yeah. Last night, I had something funny happen. Oh. I got a text from someone, and he said, I uh, I do this event. He does this uh, mastermind event. Cool. Everyone has to pay like $150,000 just to be at the event. Oh. So naturally, you you bought five tickets. Yeah, that's right. And um, and so last year, it was in uh, Beverly Hills at this mansion, and okay. I, I, you know, he asked me to come in as a guest, so I dropped in, and cool. I clearly did not pay the registration. It's, it's <laughs> and, uh, but, um, um, and so he texted me, I said, he goes, hey, we're going to do another one this year. Would you be willing to come, and would you be willing to speak uh, and be a part of the weekend? And I said, hey, would love to. Yeah. And I didn't realize it wasn't in L.A., <laughs> Oh, it's in LA. Where it's is in it? Miami. <laughs> oh, Miami's been free for a minute, though. 
They yeah. never were on free. So I thought. So I, I told Kim last night. I said, "Hey, I think I just committed to do something in Miami, <laughs> but I didn't know it was in Miami when I committed to it. I thought it was in L.A., and I'm yeah, yeah. happy to do it in Miami. But yeah. but but here's what I, I wanted to highlight. Did you were you hesitant? Now no, that's that you... my first invitation in a year and a half to go somewhere else. <laughs> that, that, uh, there's a breakthrough moment. See, what do I want back? I want that back. I just got it back. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even care about the event. I'm not, I care it's like pro bono. <laughs> I don't care that, you know. I'm, I'm I just, care if it's pro bono. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to go help. But uh, That's uh, cool. That's yeah, really cool. Just the idea that uh, we, maybe, just maybe, the invitations to travel the world might start coming back because that, that was the first one. Right. You know, and you got to have one before you have two. And so I was excited about that. I, I want that. I, yes, I want traveling back. I, um, I want live sports back. Oh, I would and, love live sports back. Yeah, it would be so wonderful. I'm just honestly grateful that there's sports right now, yeah. that there's actually sports we can watch. And that's been pretty solid for the last six months, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely want... Um, I'm not giving them the order of importance. I want the full theater experience back. I want um, eating in indoors in restaurants or in really awesome outdoors in restaurants. I, I don't like the kind of like ghetto feeling, like just block out the street. But I do like when churches, I mean, when, when uh, restaurants really creatively create a beautiful uh, alfresco kind of experience. That's pretty like awesome. patios and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it's kind of gorgeous. The thing I don't, the thing, that's the issue though, is that like, they not every restaurant can afford to do that, and that frustrates me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm like super pumped when they can, but I'm like, man, because we were going to New York and everyone had some form of like tent system situation mm -hmm. with heaters that don't work because it was 10 degrees outside, and you know what I mean. And yeah. it, but like in LA, it's like, do you think that by the time they build all these things, that they're gonna let everybody in the restaurants and it's just gonna be like a, a wash? <laughs> well, I have felt for over a decade, that the United States should pick up the European style of restaurants with the outdoor alfresco kind of experience and that they should block off major streets so that restaurants can create different experiences. And I have always felt that that was something that was missing in American culture, mm -hmm. that European culture does so beautifully. So I would love for that to be something that we take forward into the future. Uh, but I, I want to say this before going any further. What I want back most is I want to be able to experience community by church coming together on Sunday. I want yeah. to experience people singing together and worshiping together and hugging together and laughing together and uh, talking, enjoying life. And um, I, I, I really miss you guys. And if you're listening um, and you're part of Mosaic somewhere, uh, we miss seeing you. We, we miss standing next to you and seeing your kids and, and um, doing life together. I miss friends. I have friends because of their life situation or their choices in terms of security, I have not seen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I and uh, I miss hanging out. You know, with with some of the families that we've been really close to, and yeah. and just doing life. And I really do miss that quite yeah. a bit. I can't. I want that back. But you know what else I want back? Okay, hold on. This is a long answer. You you miss a lot of things. I want a lot of things back. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you differentiate wanting a lot of things back? but not wanting to go back to normal. Yes. One is that my life was never normal. My life was extraordinary. And so what they didn't, what they didn't take from me was normal. What they took from me was extraordinary. 
And, okay. you know, I mean, yeah. think about it. I mean, we were, we had to travel the world. We did. That's extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yeah, you know, it's not normal. Yeah. No. Yeah, you know, we, we got to make friends and meet people across the entire planet. We have people as, who we could, I would consider as close in KL as I have in LA. Mm -hmm. And um, I lost that. And uh, and so there's so many things that you lost, but I but I but the question came to me not because of the quarantine. It came to me because of technology, or maybe like new apps, because you, you there's this app what or, like Postmates. Yeah, like you you, you taught, know Postmates, but you taught me Postmates. There's another one too. There's a bunch. There's DoorDash. There's Uber Eats. There's <laughs> yeah. And so my question is, there's more. Do you do, do people want home cooking back? Like, I would. I want to <laughs> learn how to cook. I want to learn how to cook. But like Brian was saying before, did you say it on air? You said it before, right? Before, before. yeah. Yeah, they're like, there's so many things you can order and that'll like set up a meal and you mm -hmm. teach you how to cook it. But like, it's just me. So like when you're cook cooking for one person is silly. It's, it's sometimes sad. It's sometimes sad. Mm -hmm. So like, you know. Okay, I'm going to put you on this. Brooke, do, do you cook? Yes. Like every was day? A, was that a question? No. Every every. But like, does Andres cook? We're we're kind of we we had our phases in the past year where we'd be really into cooking, and then we'd get really into Postmates, and then we'd have to we kind of go back and forth because it's never gonna feel good. So like when you wake wise. up in the morning, or you or Andres, your husband wakes up in the morning, does he think to himself, "I need to cook today"? He loves it. He loves cooking. So does he cook often? Yes. And you just, you, you're happy with that. I am the recipient of that goodness. <laughs> Andres loves cooking? He does. Yeah. He's a good cook. Amazing. That's so good. Because um, I, just, I just wondered how, if your generation, convenience can actually overtake quality over time, right? Because the convenience of, of Uber Eats and the convenience of Postmates can actually steal the, the the joy of cooking and inviting people over to eat and and that process that is I think very communal. I still eat. We just Postmates it. <laughs> we, po we Postmates it. Whoever I hang out with is like, hey, what do you want to order? Okay, order this. Like one of the greatest gifts you ever gave me was you bought me this smoker. I did. And um, and so every week during the quarantine on Friday. I would smoke enough meat for around 40 people. Yeah. And I would call them up and then they would come and pick up the meat every week and feed their families. And and for me, it was incredible, like incredibly rewarding and joyful to get to cook for hours and hours and hours to cook whole chickens, cook, you know, barbecued ribs or, you know, or steaks or, what you know, whatever briskets may, may be. And, and, and there is something, I don't know, incredibly therapeutic about the process of of cooking and preparing food, mm -hmm. and so I just wondered if if you're not a, if you're not careful, your generation will lose the value of cooking and sharing meals that way. For sure, we're gonna lose it because there's so <laughs> many good, especially in LA. This is the thing, though. If 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 there were less options, there would be more cooking. So you're saying there's so it, many options that are good and and some are affordable, some aren't. Mm -hmm. That it just doesn't make as much sense. The convenience is definitely a crutch, but it's <laughs> but it's it's a really good convenience. Like yeah. it's a really they're nice, they're great spots to eat mm -hmm. continuously. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, um, Alisa Drain, who's our general manager at Mosaic, yeah. I, um, 
when they were all getting together as couples and she said, uh, I can order something. <laughs> and I said, why? She goes, you know, I don't cook. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, but Chris cooks. But Chris cooks. Her husband, yeah. <laughs> and, and, my, and my mom, it's interesting, when she was remarried uh, to Mike and they were renovating their house, she had talked to the architect and the architect had been told to remove the kitchen. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, Mike said to my mom, um, where's the kitchen? And she goes, I'm having it removed so we can have more room for the living room because she goes, I'm never going to cook. And he said, well, well put the kitchen back in. I'll cook. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and he actually was a really good cook. That's and, funny. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm just wondering, is that something that one day it'll be – cooking at home will be so vintage that some people will go, we should reclaim that. You know, we're going to repurpose cooking at home. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just wonder if there's any other things you, you that, that – that I miss? Culturally, not just the pandemic, but are there some things that convenience may be taking from your generation? Well, what you're trying to get me to say, but I'm not going to say, and not going to talk about, <laughs> is dating. Oh, I didn't even think about dating, but that's For great... sure. You said dating when we first started. <laughs> no. And I was like, yeah, right. you can talk to Brian about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's weird. I mean, I definitely think it's more just the idea of like, will we ever get back together again as far as like, people and like, mm -hmm. naturally connecting with people, making friends. It's so um, unnatural. You know, it's either all digital or like a friend through a friend. It's like it's it's really odd. And then it's like all of these like not rules, but like masks or no masks or where do we go? And there's like there's almost no – everything is so specific and has to be like tailored to a thing. And I'm just like I don't – I'm not that interested in it. So <laughs> that let it happen. Like for all the people who wanted it, yeah. good luck. Yeah, and I, I recognize, you know, because I've been around, I've been alive six decades, you know, plus that. Yeah. Um, there are things that change in culture that that just end up disappearing, mm -hmm. and it, their time had come, okay. like like the circus. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the circus was a huge part of American culture, and uh, and then it got reinterpreted by Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. But basically, the circus came to its end, and. No one sits around going, I really miss the circus, right? And uh, another one would be Blockbuster. I mean, oh, right? <laughs> I do miss Blockbuster. I miss, I miss the like the nostalgia. We would go into Blockbuster, pick out movies together. We went Blockbuster ten years ago, yeah. like it wasn't even that long. Yeah, and it was amazing, right? It was a part of our life experience, and you know, drop that little cassette in the VCR or that, you know, what is it called? Uh, was DVDs the VHS tape. VHS oh. before DVDs the VHS zzz, drop it in there and watch that movie and hope that the tape didn't get eaten up. I know that was <laughs> such a bad day. Or look, the DVD was too scratched. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like a, a, a like a, a corrupted download. Your Wi-Fi is slow. Your Wi-Fi yeah. is slow. I'm Where are saying, we? I, I've lived long enough to know there are things you thought would always be there mm. that are not. Right, you know, well, and like making coffee at home, um, that wasn't always a thing for everyone, but, you know, it was a thing for most, for many families who drank coffee. And then now you just go to Pete's or Starbucks or go get them or Blue Bottle or wherever your choice is, you know. And or, I've kind of come full circle now. Where you want to make it back at home. Yeah, I like making it at home. Like uh, I talked to your more. sister Mariah and uh, she has her in-laws coming in from out of town. Are they coming? 
And oh, so I talked to her this morning, and I love Susan. And I and I said, "Hey, is there anything I can do to help, or anything you know to, yeah. to serve?" And she goes, "Well, just be available for dinner." And I said, "Oh, you know, do you want you know me to cook or us <laughs> to cook?" And she goes, "Oh, no, we'll just do dim tai fung." And, and oh, I and I thought, I love dim and tai I love dim tai fung too, you, you know. But I realized, like, and that made me think culturally, you're probably like your first thought is where are we going to order from, rather than what are we going to cook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the, the train of thought is what do you want to eat? And then I don't go to the cook option. I go straight to the order. Option. Let me give you an example. Like when Uber happened, there was a point where you said to me, Yeah. I'll ne- I, I'm going to sell my car. I don't need a car. I'm just, it's easier to Uber everywhere in LA. The, the, the quality of Uber was so good at the right. time. Now it's not. That didn't prove to be a sustainable truth. Some people do it. Right, but yeah. but you found that you need your car. I need my car. Yeah, but it could have happened. Like for if, sure, if Uber had developed the way it could have had, well, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, it could. LA could have become a city where you just didn't need a car anymore. You could just yeah. Uber everywhere. Yeah, and in parking, like in LA, it's so much smarter to Uber because you don't have to worry about parking. Yeah, parking's a nightmare. Yeah, and 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 so I was saying that could have actually been the shift of a culture where the personal car became a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to watch things and you go, well, you know, what do you want back? And and uh, and, and, I, and I did list a lot of things. I listed, you know, uh, traveling, movie theaters, live sports, um, church coming together. Yeah. And, uh, but, I, but I was also thinking about other things that get taken by convenience. And because for some people, I've had people tell me, I'm never going back to a movie theater. I'd rather just watch it in the privacy of my home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nah, it's not the same experience. You know, and uh, I, not all movies are movie theater worthy. I agree. Cinema, I mean? Cinematography has a lot to do with that. N- when a film uh, has, sto- I think storyline. To me, when a film has great cinematography, it needs to be seen on a big screen. Yeah, I agree. But then there's some movies that I'm like, this isn't a, this is an intimate story. Like, I don't need to watch this on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, you had another question. Yeah, the second question is, what are you not ready for? You know, if, if everything opens up and goes back to normal and becomes as it once were or, or better, what are you not ready for? Like, what are some things you could, oh, I got to get, get this ready? Well, right. church is definitely not ready yet. We're still doing renovations. There would be no bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, no. um, <laughs> so if you, um, unless you have a really noble bladder, you yeah, won't survive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but we're getting those done. Um, some things I'm not ready for. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like I could be in more better shape for sure. Not having a gym was frustrating. So will you go back to a gym? No. You're just going to work stuff. out from, yeah, you bought stuff. and yeah. See, those are things I think is interesting. So that's I, not something you need back. No, I don't need it back, but I think, I think. Yeah, maybe I just need my discipline back. To yeah. I think maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I'm wondering like what things in a person's life are like gone forever. You know, you yeah. you, you you had a crisis, you lost something, you found a solution, but now the solution works better for you than what you had before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think for a lot of people uh, who have become healthier, they found a solution. They may not go back to the other. Mm-hmm. And. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, for a lot of us, like getting healthy again is something we, we're not ready for. I'm you know, not ready, yeah. not, you know, not, not ready for, uh, if I could play basketball every week right now, 
Um, you couldn't. I couldn't. My, no. my legs are not ready. No. <laughs> you know, uh, I would tear more things. <laughs> yeah. And, I think there's going to be a huge uh, shift socially. People are going to really struggle, like, being fully social again, being back yeah. in an office, being interacting with people who aren't inside your circle, who are, like, kind of fringe. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we're all fringe to somebody. So it's like, like, what will those engagements be like? You know, and I think there's all this talk of like the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated or the mm-hmm. mask versus unmasked. But I think that will simmer over time. And yeah. so I think it would genuinely just be difficult for people, I think, to connect with different people. So you date someone who's not vaccinated? What? <laughs> what? I was being funny. I said, well, would you date someone who's not vaccinated? I'd have bigger <laughs> issues if they were probably. No, but but every no I've I've seen I've heard mixed like, I I've I don't want to get into vaccinations I'm no. I'm open to like I'm open to anything we were we were somewhere yesterday and there was a incredibly long line outside of a Kaiser yeah. and people getting vaccinated and I'm, I'm no I don't I'm not like screaming run you know mm-hmm. I just and I'm really not as as like conspiracy worried now I think after I think like more people get it. You see it. There's less issues. You know what I mean? Like when when more of your friends have it, it's like okay. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that concerned anymore. But it's not really a vaccine. It's more of a protein. But we'll talk yeah. about that another time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Johnson and Johnson is a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, no. I just like, going back to like where things maybe you say I'm not ready for. I need to get ready for. If yeah. The world reopens. I don't know, like talking in front of people again. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We've been, like a lot of life has happened and a lot of things have changed. And, you know, like what do you – I think a big question is like do people see themselves the same after this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I know I don't see myself the same. Mm-hmm. Like who I was in 2019, 2020 is – I feel very different than that person now, yeah. you know? Yeah, without making it um, – too, I don't know, controversial, I guess. I, I I wonder if a huge part of the struggle for teachers and the teachers union is that they've lost the rhythm of being in person in the classroom. And that there's a like even like a psychological hurdle you have to overcome. Yeah. It's not just a fear of of COVID or a fear of of um infection or it, it, that there's actually almost a emotional, relational, psychological hurdle that has to be overcome. Because I've talked to people who don't want to go back to work. I've yeah. talked to people who um, have become comfortable working from home and do not want to have to re-engage the work environment again. Do you think with like with teachers, you know, teachers are vastly underpaid before yes. all this happened, but mm-hmm. now they don't want to go to work. Do you think there will be just a point where – like, at what point does a union be stay effective? Like, how long can you go where, you know, you're being paid currently to not necessarily work in the same situations? Obviously, there's a lot of factors. So I'm not trying to make this, yeah. like, us against teachers. I'm just posing the, like, the general thing. But what happens when, like, they don't need teachers anymore? You know what I mean? And then they just go, okay, well, we got one teacher and he'll teach. I don't know. Like, the, we all are on the verge of being replaced by machines or replaced by streaming and technology and subscriptions. So like what happens to a union that isn't effective? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that many teachers inside of the unions actually want to return, but unions speak in a, in a monolithic way, even though people may have different opinions within their own union. Right. You know, 
And I do think that one of the great challenges is that online teaching in the way it's being done clearly doesn't work for kids. And because kids need more than information, they need socialization. And so a huge part of education is learning how to interact with other human beings. It's how to be a human being in a society. And um, the school system is a social construct that helps us socialize our children so they become healthy citizens. Mm -hmm. That cannot be done from Zoom. No. But it's and, also not the teacher's fault they have to Zoom. No, no. What I'm saying is, no, it's not the teacher's fault. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is that this is a part of the challenge that the future is going to uh, have to relate to. That uh, It's a great example. It's you're a great not, case study. Yeah, you're really not just teaching English. You're create, you're 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 guiding an environment where people are learning how to socialize, mm -hmm. how to work together, how to cooperate, um, even how to measure their success against others. Because um, there's there's a human dynamic of competition. There's a human dynamic of complementary uh, development where you do better when you're around people who are doing better, and you can, you take on the characteristics of the group. So if the group is kind, you become kinder. If the group has ambition, you develop ambition, and these things are are not being factored in to what children are losing in their own development. And so, first of all, I would say great teachers are perhaps the most valuable commodity in a society. Like there, there, there is just nothing more valuable than a great teacher for a child. Right. And, and uh, every parent who's ever had a great teacher for their child should be incredibly grateful. And every person who's had a great teacher should be grateful. I just think Everyone that, has <clears throat> one teacher that it affected them. Yeah, one teacher that kind of like changed their changed life. Changed their life or like just, just stood out to them or like made an impact. Like there's just, without a doubt, there's just something so important about that growing up, you know? Yeah, and I do think that right now we're in <clears throat> the, um, this crisis isn't just about how do we get kids back into school and how do we get teachers back into the classroom. This crisis is actually highlighting something much bigger. What does the future of education look like? And I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. But I also love teachers, so paying more and... Get them back and get them what they need, you know. More, more money and more help. Well, one, if you're listening to this and you you're checking out this this episode, I think you should go and comment in in the most recent post and like tell us what one thing that you're what is it leaving behind? Oh no, no, one thing that you're not ready for. What one thing that you want back? That you want back. And one thing you're not ready for. <laughs> one thing you're not ready for in the post COVID world. And then, I, what's the first thing you're gonna do? Because I, I want to go, the first thing I want to do is I want to go to Tokyo or go to like, yeah, I want to go to Tokyo. And hey, well, I was hoping I could go to the Tokyo Olympics and we were, we just heard that they're not going to have any spectators. No, no, um, outside, not, no, no external outside of Japan spectators. So they'll have only like Japanese spectators. Because I would have moved heaven and earth to get myself to the Tokyo Olympic Games. What's, one, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, maybe one of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to go somewhere and... Where? Be more specific. Pick a spot. Oh, I don't know. I'm so open to... I want to go see Spain. Yeah. I've never been to Spain. I've never been to Spain. I'd love Spanish, to go. And yeah. I would just love to walk the streets of Madrid and Barcelona. And I won't, I've never seen Portugal. And I'm mm. also, you know, obviously part Portuguese. And... Um, would love to to travel that part of the world, and I would love to think that could be the first thing I could do in my free time. You know, it'd be awesome. 
It would be awesome. I what about you? What's the first I thing? I already you said I said I'd go to Tokyo. Where'd you, where were you? <laughs> you okay. taking me with you? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. No, Tokyo sounds amazing. So does so does Madrid and Barcelona and Porto and all those amazing places in Portugal in Spain. You know, I would love to see Nazare in Portugal, mm. the big wave ah. spot where the the lighthouse is and the cliffs. Well, if you surf it, it'll be the last thing you ever did. I would never <laughs> surf it. Never. I have no desire. I have no desire to surf in big waves. I like the nice ones. To have no. fun. Not to die. There's so many things I can't wait to get to do. Yeah, you it's know? gonna be good. It's gonna be good, and I feel like it's coming soon. So we're gonna go ahead and just like declare it. Uh, everything's it, it's it's gonna get better. We're gonna make it through this. There's gonna be a day where um, all the classrooms are open and kids are enjoying learning, and, and teachers are having a great time teaching kids. And there's gonna be a, a day where all the restaurants are open and they're packed with people. And we're eating great food, and mm-hmm. and we gotta burn it off because we've overindulged. There's gonna be a day where the health clubs are open, the gyms are open, where theaters are open. Where, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a day where I can go watch the Clippers beat the Lakers live. There's going to be a day where we're going to get to see our friends everywhere and not worry about social distancing and wearing masks, and we're going to be able to enjoy life and and uh, and do life together. So I'm just going to uh, declare that. There's going to be a day. It's coming soon. We're going to be there, and I can't wait. And with that, thank you for listening to the podcast. We are so grateful for you. Um, We're so grateful for every person that supports the podcast on Anchor and everyone who watches it on YouTube, reviews it on iTunes, and listens on Spotify. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.